Welcome back to the Candid Cinema Podcast, everyone. I am Amanda Santino, and today I figured, why not do a recap of all the films that I've watched in November? Now, some were on Netflix and some are new releases. Uh, Thanks to American Thanksgiving, us Canadians got a real treat, and we had four new releases on one day, so I obviously had to go watch them all. Um, So, to kick off November, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. This movie was so well done, um, and I loved every second of it. I really loved the fact that Rami Malek was so dedicated in getting the persona of Freddie. And then the whole cast, the casting director on this film did such a great job because everyone looked exactly like the band members, and um, having Brian, uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor actually be executive producers and and be involved because there were so many heartwarming scenes in Bohemian Rhapsody. I was moved to tears, but I think that's just because Freddie's presence and his spirit ran through the film. There were so many great scenes. I really love when directors and, you know, and cinematographers, they they make you feel like you're on stage with the band. And I thought, um, I thought they did a great job with it. I mean, the vision for Live Aid was absolutely incredible and I'm really happy that they did the entire set and then it built up to that one scene. It was very emotional and I know that people are having issues with the fact that it's, you know, the timeline's off, but if you wanted everything about Queen in this movie, then you would need to do a documentary because obviously you're going to glorify and dramatize certain aspects of their lives. Um, But again, if Brian May and Roger Taylor signed off on it, like you have to respect their, you know, decision as well. I think people really roasted Bohemian Rhapsody for very odd reasons. I didn't understand where the hatred was coming from. And like I I love Queen. I love that band and I I thought they did a fantastic job in capturing them as a whole. And I have like a huge huge amount of respect for each single band member because they were they're legends. They're absolute legends. Um and this film needed to be made now. So I'm really happy that you know Rami Malek's getting the recognition that he deserves. Um, moving on from Bohemian Rhapsody, I went to go watch an animated film and the only Illumination Entertainment film that I absolutely loved was The Secret Life of Pets and I think they got it bang on. But I think the reason why I love The Secret Life of Pets is because Kevin Hart voices an angry bunny. I think that's why I loved it the most. Anyways, everything else, I just don't like their animation and I don't like their storylines. And you're you're taking something as classic as The Grinch and you're remaking it. And I know it's an animated version of The Grinch, uh, but it was so different. It was so different from the Jim Carrey, uh, the Jim Carrey live action. The story was different and I was just sitting there kind of annoyed because this Grinch wasn't intimidating. He wasn't as mean as the Grinch was supposed to be. So it was a very tame version of him. And I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch had the voice for it. And that's really odd to say because he has one of the greatest voices in the industry. So to say that he couldn't voice the Grinch was kind of... You know, it was very surprising for me to sit there and and realize that the soundtrack was really bad. They remixed um, Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and I did not like it one bit. I'm like, this is a classic song, and y'all ruined it, so I was mad. 
just so you know i am going in chronological order of my diary on letterboxd so next i watched first reformed from a24 starring ethan hawk and amanda seyfried um that movie had one of the greatest screenplays i've seen this year it was just so different and i think ethan hawk's performance was stellar um unfortunately i think this film is gonna fly under the radar but it was very good it was a very strong performance is the cinematography was great and i just love when religion is discussed in a way that is so candid and realistic and you just raise questions about you know morals and values and, and life in general so i think they did such a great job with that because everyone has doubts like you can have faith but you're always going to have doubts in the back of your mind right and then you just struggle with that as well so i thought it was really different um yeah and i thought it was a pretty solid screenplay by paul schrader it was very well done i liked it um moving on to outlaw king which is an original Netflix piece. And it also was the opening night gala at the Toronto International Film Festival this year. I was very disappointed in this film. It was all over the place. At the beginning, there was like an, I think an eight minute long take and I was fairly impressed with uh, what they were doing with it. And Chris Pine's always wonderful. It was a decent film at the beginning. I was like, oh, we're gonna get something new because of the eight minute long take and you're doing a period piece. So I thought it was really interesting. But then I felt like the film became really excessive and it was, it was really long. It felt like it dragged on. Uh, there were plenty um, of moments where the camera was shaky and they're riding horses. So you, it was just, it was all over the place. It got really messy at times. Um, the set design was great. The landscapes were obviously beautiful, but I just didn't care for the story. And a period piece has to have a good story, so I just don't get why they didn't do that. Also, I don't understand how a Netflix original film was even a part of the film festival circuit. Um, I think that it should stay separate from the festival just because it's, it's going to be streaming on its own platform and it's going to be easily accessible where there's other independent films that won't get the same um, distribution. Uh, so I think that they should just keep it separate. I disagree with the fact that there were like four or five Netflix originals. Next, we have Taron Egerton's Robin Hood, which is obviously another remake. I think there's been over like 50 remakes and sequels uh, to Robin Hood. Um, he's always great. I've loved him since Kingsman, and I know he has tons of tricks up his sleeve. He's going to be Elton John um, in Rocket Man coming out soon, so I think that he's going to surprise many of us with that. Yeah, Robin Hood was good. It was a pretty solid action movie. I can't really say much about it because the story's the exact same. I guess the action was a bit different, so that's one takeaway. Um, Jamie Foxx was excellent in this, and um, this was the Assassin's Creed movie that we all wanted with Michael Fassbender. So if you love Assassin's Creed, definitely go watch Robin Hood. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, one more thing. 
uh, DC, if you're listening, please hire Taryn Egerton as Roy Harper, aka Arsenal, in the DC universe for Arrowverse. I think he would be an excellent addition to the DC family. After watching Robin Hood, this guy already knows how to use a bow and arrow, so why not utilize that instead of training other people? Um, He's great. He's such a solid actor, and he has such a bright future, so I'm really excited for him. Next, we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That was such a different Western for me. I really loved it. Um, I normally shy away from the Coen brothers, but this time there was too much hype over this one film. So um, it is Netflix original again. So I thought it was, um, you know, it's always iffy, the Netflix originals, clearly, because I didn't like Outlaw King. So it was kind of a gamble. I thought it was great. They have a, I think, a five part structure, five or six part. Um, I didn't really care for the second half of the film. I thought I dragged on for a bit. But the concept is really awesome. It's like they're taking you through, you know, uh, a storybook filled with uh, Western tales. Verse three, I guess short films, if you really want to talk about that, short stories, if you want to label it that way, really stood out to me. They didn't shy away from, you know, the brutal violence of the Western genre. So I think it's a pretty great addition. Again, it's pretty different. So if you want to check something out, I would definitely go do that. Um, The next one that I watched was Widows, directed by my boy Steve McQueen and co-written by Steve McQueen and the queen that is Gillian Flynn, who also wrote Gone Girl and Sharp Objects. Gone Girl is my favorite psychological thriller of all time. And, um, you know, she brought it again in Widows. I thought both of them working, working together it was just it was such a dream team for me um and this movie just kept me at the edge of my seat um i love how the politics played in with the group of the widows i thought it was really interesting how everyone was connected in that town the women were absolutely phenomenal viola davis gives another monster performance cynthia ervo is absolutely blowing my mind this year if you did not watch bad times at the el royale please go watch that movie um, she's great in it, and she's also great in Widows. Michelle Rodriguez is solid. Elizabeth Debicki actually surprised me in this, so she was really good. They were all amazing. Colin Farrell was good. Robert Duvall was good. The one person that absolutely stole this damn movie was Daniel Kaluuya, because this character was so terrifying, and it was such a subtle performance. He would literally send shivers down my spine with a stare that he would give. So um, he did excellent work in this, probably my favorite character next to his character in Get Out. Honestly, Widows had so many twists and turns. Steve McQueen's really good at keeping you on your toes. The camera work was different. The direction was solid. Uh, It was really well done. The next film was Ralph Breaks the Internet. It was really cute. I really loved how they showed technology and how dependent we are on it. Um, in today's day and age and how different everything is right so it, it really is a reflection of, of of the way we live of our society so i thought that was really important that they did that the script was really simple yet it dragged on it seemed like it's it was too long it could have cut some scenes out i would have actually preferred an entire two-hour movie with princess vanellope and the rest of the remastered disney princesses i think that should happen um, especially with that kind of animation. I think um, it was really cute that they, they did that. It was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. 
Um, but yeah, it was a pretty solid movie. It's a good kids movie for the whole family to watch. Next was Creed 2. Ryan Coogler absolutely nailed the first Creed and I love that movie so much that it's kind of hard to make a sequel to something that I loved so much that everyone loved. Um, and he reinvented Rocky, which is really amazing. But this storyline, I don't know why, is just so much richer because it's Apollo Creed's son and Michael B. Jordan gave his greatest performance to date in Creed II. I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this. And then uh, Tessa Thompson was just a powerhouse. Oh my God, having both of them in like share a screen together was just a dream come true. And there was so much emotional gravity to Creed II. There was so much importance to this movie and it just, there were, loose ends that were you know finally tied together i love that there was a balance between you know um like the dragos and then adonis with uh, with rocky so i thought that was really special that they did that and honestly uh, sylvester stallone he co-wrote this one and there was so much of him in this movie there was so much heart in this one um, that the post that he made saying that he was signing off as Rocky Balboa on Instagram kind of made me emotional because it's such a huge franchise and it was such a it was such a big part of my childhood that um, that actually knowing that Creed 2 will be his last one it sucks you know because he's been there through it all and it was such a great sign off for Rocky it was such a great sign off and I was really happy with what they did with it. Creed 2 was probably one of my favorite releases in November. I thought it was great. And lastly, the most disappointing film of the month was Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. They need to stop, fam. I've never wanted a franchise to stop making movies as much as this one because JK Rowling is working backwards with the timeline that she already set for the Harry Potter franchise and she's writing the screenplay to Fantastic Beasts like on the fly. This did not make any sense. Crimes of Grindelwald made no sense whatsoever. I was lost the entire movie and it's the first movie that I was like, I don't even understand what's happening or why any of this is happening. The editing was atrocious. People were popping up like in certain places without any explanation. And don't tell me that it's because they're apparating in and out of places. No, you can tell when they're apparating. They weren't apparating. This was clear editing choices gone wrong. Okay. The ending pissed me off to no extent because again it just made no sense it just made no sense and then there was this one major surprise which also didn't make any sense because then how old would dumbledore be i'm, gonna, I'm not gonna give you spoilers but it just pissed me off as a harry potter fan to sit there and just watch her like let's do this twist and let's do this twist because this twist makes sense with this twist but let's do this shocker because it ties in with the timeline and people are going to know who that is and it's like what are you doing what are you doing you're writing on the fly and you made you gave characters you know a really good backstory in the first one and then you just ruin the character in the second movie. So 
really crimes of Grindelwald was pointless. Nothing happened. I actually, I didn't understand anything that happened other than the fact that Johnny Depp is going to make another film in the saga because it's gonna be a saga it's not gonna be a trilogy i'm telling you right now even though it flopped at the box office she's gonna push for six films i'll tell you right now it shouldn't because it was garbage the first fantastic beast was mediocre and it should have just stayed as a standalone and not as a longer franchise it just shouldn't have happened you're tainting the memory of harry potter with these new installments that are prequels and they don't even tie in to the harry potter timeline so please stop so that one really pissed me off as the last film that i actually watched in november and i thought it'd end off in a rant so there you go the oscar season is in full swing we have so many award shows that um are coming up and the independent film circuit they're having their awards right now and first reformed is on the list the favorite by uh directed by yorgos lanthimos starring emma stone olivia coleman and rachel weiss is on the list Eighth Grade, directed by Bo Burnham, and welcoming newcomer Elsie Fisher is also on the list. Um, a big one uh, is If Beale Street Could Talk, so definitely take a look at that one. Roma, which is coming out on Netflix December 14th, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, is supposed to be outstanding, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, if you want a horror film, go ahead and try watching Hereditary. I didn't like it at all, but Tony Collette gives a wicked performance. The rest of the movie is kind of questionable. Um, but yeah, keep it locked on my Twitter, my Letterboxd. I will be updating as much as I can during Oscar season. I'll try watching as much as I can. My next one is probably going to be Green Book if I can get a chance to watch it. Uh, so keep it locked on my letterbox, WordPress, and on Twitter, and follow me on Instagram. The links are all below. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Keep watching movies.